We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The word for the day is reality. One more time, reality. And this is the word that describes why we cannot, why conservatives cannot and should not vote for Caitlin, a.k.a. Bruce Jenner, for the governorship of California. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. As I mentioned in the intro, today we're going to talk about reality and why conservatives should be people that above all else should be interested in and determined to defend reality, those things that are real. And if we're not prepared to do that, then all is lost. If we're going to take part in the delusion, if we're going to stand on the side of the parade and watch the emperor, emperor marching by naked as a jaybird and say nothing about it, if conservatives aren't willing to raise our hand and say, wait a second, you have no clothes. This is delusional. This makes no sense. I don't care what the rest of the people are saying. I don't care if they all have bought the lie and if they've been drinking the Kool-Aid. As a conservative, I will conserve the truth. That is the key distinction that we hold as being conservatives. And that means we attend to things that are real. We attend to reality. We don't live in a land of make-believe. We actually live in the real world. That's today's show, and I'm going to use the story of Bruce Jenner, a.k.a. Caitlyn Jenner, or if you want to reverse it and say Caitlyn Jenner, a.k.a. Bruce Jenner, that's fine. People have the right to choose their names, their nicknames. I don't begrudge anyone doing that. I think it's odd that a man would choose a female nickname or change his name to a female name. I think that's odd, but that's not the issue I have here. The issue I have is that when Bruce Jenner announces that he is running for the governor of California, I can't support that because Bruce Jenner is delusional. And yes, I did use the pronoun he, and I did that on purpose. I'm not trying to be mean or cruel and don't accuse me of that. I'm using the pronoun he because it's accurate. It's real. It refers to the fact that Bruce Jenner is a man. His DNA is male. Genetically, he's a male. Physiologically, he's a male. You can put makeup on it. You can dress it up. You can put a wig on it. You can try to surgically change it, but nothing, nothing can change the fact, the reality, that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. This just is, as Bill Clinton said once, it depends what the definition of is is. Well, this just is, with a capital I. The reality of the matter 
is there are two sexes, male and female. And don't get all high and mighty and say, well, there are anomalies out there. There are exceptions, hermaphrodites, etc., etc. You don't change the definition of a human being to being something that has no arms if you have exceptions to the human species that are born without arms, do you? No, we call these abnormalities because it compromises what is normal. And even the word normal is out of favor now, saying that Bruce Jenner's behavior and appearance is abnormal, that his claims of being female when indeed he's really a male are abnormal. Somehow that's out of vogue and that's unacceptable. That's politically incorrect to even refer to normalcy any longer. It's as if we don't have the capacity as human beings to even talk about what's normal. We don't even want to admit the truth before our very eyes. That's today's show. The title is Why Conservatives Should Not Support Caitlin, a.k.a. Bruce Jenner, for Governor. If you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, remember that you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. We're growing exponentially right now. We had over 21,000 listens last month. That's great growth. We need to continue to double and triple that. Join The Rebellion, patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. And the way you can help increase the listenership is posted in your social media. Choose one or two of your favorite episodes, post it in your social media, and encourage, excuse me, encourage all of your followers to join the rebellion. Patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. And don't forget my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. It can be purchased in any bookstore near you, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Target, or whatnot, grow up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. Let's take a commercial break and acknowledge our corporate sponsors, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome back to The Rebellion. There's so much to talk about this week. Governor Stitt signed HB 1775. So for those of you who were following the topic that was pervasive last week in the Rebellion. I think I covered it on probably four shows. Some of you were getting tired of it over time, but I tried to hit it from several different angles and explain to you why you should care and how your voice was actually making a difference. I was told that in one morning, over 400 of you picked up the phone and called the governor's office and asked him to sign HB 1775, a bill that would make and now has made Teaching racism, promoting racism, propagating racism, encouraging racism in the minds, hearts, and souls of our progeny illegal in the state of Oklahoma if it's being done by a tax-funded teacher in the elementary schools, secondary schools, colleges, and universities. Now in the state of Oklahoma, you cannot teach that one race is inferior or superior to another race. You can't do that in Oklahoma now. If you do, you're in violation of the law. Thank you, Governor Stitt, for signing HB 1775 into law. Maybe you want to pick up the phone today and call him and say thanks. Let him know that you appreciate him when he does the right thing. There's more that we can talk about, and we will. 
in the subsequent shows this year. But today, excuse me, this week. But today I want to talk about this story of Bruce Jenner. I've let it go too long. As you know, Bruce Jenner, a.k.a. Caitlyn Jenner, has announced his candidacy. And yes, I did say his, and I've already explained why. I'm not going to take part in the delusion. I'm not going to stand on the side of the parade and refuse to say, wait a second, this isn't real. This isn't real. We're deluding ourselves. We're fooling ourselves. We're pretending rather than living in reality. So I will use male pronouns because I'm referring to a male. Caitlyn Jenner has announced his candidacy for the governor of California. And the key question here is, should conservatives support him? And here's why we're asking the question, I guess. You know, Jenner stands for lower taxes. He says he believes in common sense border security. He says he stands for less government intrusion into our daily lives. So shouldn't Republicans, shouldn't independents who are conservative, shouldn't libertarians who want the government out of our life rather than in every aspect of our life, shouldn't we support Jenner's candidacy? Wouldn't it be better than the tyrannical rule of Gavin Newsom? I mean, the lesser of two evils, right? We've talked about it in terms of our support of other candidates. I've shared with you my wrestling, my agon, over the issue of could I, as a conservative evangelical, Bible-believing Christian who believes in biblical morality is the best way for leaders to lead their lives and serve as examples to our country, that I had difficulty at the front end supporting Donald Trump because he boasted of his infidelities and his sexual immorality in his books. And he does. Don't tell me he doesn't. He does. Go read his books. But I also shared with you what Oz Guinness taught me Uh, regarding the distinction, the difference between hierarchical and covenantal governments, and how I ultimately stood proudly in defense of Donald Trump as president of the United States because he proved himself to be a covenantal president rather than a hierarchical president. He defended the covenant, the Constitution, individual liberty, personal responsibility, religious freedom, Surprising to me, maybe not to all of you out there, but surprisingly enough to me, he proved to be a defender of those things rather than someone who was hell-bent on challenging them and demolishing them at every turn. But is there a difference between supporting Donald Trump and Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner? I think there is. And I think the answer is in a word. Reality. Reality. I think the answer is also in one more word. Priorities. I talk about C.S. Lewis all the time, and I'm going to do so again for the rest of this show. I'm going to use one specific book from C.S. Lewis. It's titled God in the Dock. And for those of you who aren't familiar with some of the British language, the dock is a reference to the courtroom. If you're being prosecuted and you have to defend yourself, you have to stand in the dock. You have to take to the dock. You stand there as they question you and as you defend yourself. Witnesses stand in the dock. The defense stands in the dock. So this book titled 
God in the Dock is C.S. Lewis challenging God or describing how we as Christians challenge God. Well, in his book, God in the Dock, C.S. Lewis refers to first things and second things. We've talked about that before, so bear with me, but we're going to double down on that concept of priorities, getting first things first and putting second things second. This is what Lewis specifically wrote in God in the Dock. You can't get second things by putting them first. You get second things only by putting first things first. So, in talking about these first and second things, it should be apparent to all of us who are listening right now, who have any understanding of the Bible, that Lewis is borrowing from Jesus. Matthew, St. Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, quotes Christ this way. These are Jesus' words. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Close quote. Now, here's a, here's a situation. As is almost always the case, Jesus' message is simple and it's concise and it's very clear. Jesus doesn't blow V8, to quote Bill O'Reilly. He's always very precise, very concise, very clear. It's kind of like, be, be clear, be bold, and be done. That's Jesus. Well, here he did it again. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. He's saying this, if we make his way, his truth, and his life our top priority, our first thing, then the rest of life, the second things, will fall in place and be given to us as well. Pretty simple, isn't it? First things first, and you might get the second too. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the first things, and all these things, these second things, will be given to you as well. His way, his truth, his life need to be our top priority, our first thing. And if you're not a Christian and listening, bear with me. I think you'll understand why these first things actually accrue to your advantage, even if you're not a Christian, because the result is by living culturally, in terms of constitutionally, as a free republic, within his ways, his truth, and his life, you enjoy more freedom. That's the nature of, our, of, the, of, of the American dream, the American experiment. That we enjoy freedom because we acknowledged in our seminal documents, specifically the Declaration of Independence, that there are self-evident truths that are endowed to us by our Creator. And there are unalienable rights given to us by God and not created by government. Very simple. There are first things. Now, context is always king. We've talked about that before in the show. So what's the context of Jesus' statement here? Well, immediately before these Bible verses, Jesus is talking about something in addition to seeking first the kingdom. Jesus talks about storing up treasures in heaven. It's part of the same sermon, same homily, same talk that Jesus is giving. So the context for seeking first the kingdom, is Jesus' admonition to store up treasures in heaven. So if you read the entire passage in context, it makes it clear that Christ is telling us something very, very, very clear, very bold, very specific. 
When we live for the eternal rather than the temporal, here's what he's telling us. When we live for the eternal rather than the temporal, that is when we store up treasures in heaven, we get not just the reward of eternal life to come, but we also enjoy the best, the best of the temporal life that we have now. Do you get that? By attending to eternity, storing up treasures in heaven, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we're not just going to get eternal life to come, but we're going to enjoy the best of life that we have now in the temporal. So in other words, place all the second things in life in the context of what is first, and you will likely not only get the first, but you'll also get the second thrown into boot. But if you reverse the order, it all comes crumbling down. It all tumbles down. Again, the point here is priorities. Priorities matter. Now, I'd go on and I would argue that it's evident in Scripture that Christ never diminished our temporal needs. So he's not just this ethereal you know, sage out there practicing yoga. No, that's not who Jesus is at all. He attends to our temporal needs. I mean, look at the miracles. These, the miracles are rep- replete with examples of him providing for temporal needs. He fed people. He turned water into wine. He healed the blind. He restored the lame. So Jesus was clearly not telling us to ignore our needs, our physical needs, or to ignore, ignore those of others. In fact, I think he repeatedly shared with us that we need to attend to the physical body because it's real. Not only our own body, but the bodies of others, the needs of others, food, sustenance, freedom. These are physical matters. They're matters of the body as well as the soul and the mind. So Jesus, on the contrary, is telling us to put these material things in their proper perspective and to get our priorities straight. Again, from Christ, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? For whoever will save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Again, priorities. If you gain everything in the physical world but lose your soul, you had your priorities screwed up. You have to lose your life for Christ's sake in order to gain it, in order to find it. So here's the lesson I would argue from Christ. And I'm going to get to the issue of Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. Don't don't worry, I'm not on a rabbit trail. This is all very pertinent. The lesson here is focus on the things that really matter rather than the things that really don't. First things will bring the second. Second things never lead to those that are first. Conservatives want less government and more freedom. So here are our priorities, conservative priorities, less government and more freedom. We want to be left alone to raise our kids, build our businesses, go to church and serve our communities. We don't want oligarchs in Washington, D.C. or Sacramento telling us what to do or how to live our lives, right? Conservatives understand, at least I hope we do, conservatives understand that the path for accomplishing all of this, the freedom to raise our kids, build our businesses, go to church and serve our communities, the path for accomplishing all of this is summed up best in Christ's simple axiom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness in all these things 
the ability to raise our kids, build our businesses, go to church and serve our communities. And all these things will be added unto you. See, conservatives recognize that there are things worth conserving. We see the value of an ordered life defined by God and not the government. And we know when we reverse that order, the results are disorder and dysfunction and chaos. We understand, conservatives understand, that we will likely never get either the second or the first things in life if our priorities are wrong. We know history teaches, Santayana, history teaches, that when you put second things ahead of those that should be first, you will likely lose it all. Conservatives understand that our cultural foundation is weak when we live merely pragmatic and materialistic lives. Conservatives know the more weight life brings to bear on the shifting sands of moral indifference, the more likely our nation is to fail. Conservatives have learned that a house must be built upon deep footers and solid cornerstones or it will fall. Conservatives of all people, if you're conservative and listening to me right now, and if you define conservative properly by being a conservationist, somebody who conserves the time-tested truths of the Constitution, of human freedom, of human liberty, of human dignity, of human identity, of the Imago Dei, of the human being being made, created by, endowed by our Creator with the image of God. Conservatives of all people should be men and women of substance and not just sustenance, of truth and not just taxes, of self-evident reality and not just our selfish rights. So there I've circled back to the word reality. You've got to get your priorities straight or you're not going to be living within the realms of what is real. It's been said that our priorities reflect our character. If this is so, maybe it would be wise for us to stop and ask, not just if we can or will support Caitlyn Jenner, but also why in the world is it even a question in the first place for conservatives, for a country that values the premise that we are endowed by our creator with our country, with our constitution, with our rights and self-evident truths? If our conservative, excuse me, if our conservative priorities are this unclear that we're actually considering rallying behind a delusional man who wants to pretend that he's a woman. If our priorities are this unclear, is it possible that our character is likewise? Reality. Why did I use that word to start the show? Let's go to a tweet from Matt Walsh last week. And I quote, If the right gives up the gender fight, then that's it. 
it's over. Once we've surrendered reality itself, what else is there to fight for? Tax cuts? I will die on this hill. If this hill is lost, there is none worth keeping after it, and nobody left to fight for them anyway. Close quote, Matt Walsh. One more time. Again, this is Matt Walsh. Listen to what he says. By the way, you should be following him. If the right gives up the gender fight, then that's it. It's over. Once we've surrendered reality itself, what else is there to fight for? Tax cuts? I will die on this hill. If this hill is lost, there is none worth keeping after it, and nobody left to fight for them anyway. Close quote. Matt Walsh. The Piper paraphrase. If reality isn't our first thing, then we're doomed. One more time. If God's self-evident truths, if the unalienable rights that are given to us by God, not government, if the reality of what it means to be a human being, to be male and female, boy and girl, if our DNA, if our biology, if our physiology, if the facts of our existence no longer matter to conservatives, and we will march behind somebody who's delusional and functioning on the basis, identifying himself, creating a, no, a whole new false reality for himself because of his inclinations and his desires. If that's where the conservatives are, then we're doomed. One more time, people. If the right gives up the gender fight, then that's it. It's over. Once we've surrendered reality itself, what else is there to fight for? I will die on this hill. And if this hill is lost, there is none worth keeping after it. Again, my paraphrase. If God's reality, God's reality, ultimate reality, isn't our first thing, then we are doomed. Isn't that what Isaiah was warning of? The prophet Isaiah? Woe unto him who calls evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter. Isn't Isaiah's challenge here to stay focused on what's real? Don't reverse definitions. Don't pretend that something is what it is not. Woe unto him who calls evil good and good evil. Woe unto him who calls male female and female male. Woe unto any individual, any nation, any country, any culture, any county, any city, any church that can't even recognize reality. If God's reality isn't our first thing, then we're doomed. I'm Dr. Edward Piper, and this is The Rebellion.